1: Welcome to the program. I've got a very special edition of the Throwdown on a Thursday. We do it with the great Mal Meninga. Why is it special, I hear you ask? Well, the great man is in the studio himself. Hello, Mal. Well, I wouldn't call that special, Jimmy, (laughs) but I really appreciate the welcome. Thank you. I'm going to have to be less cheeky than I normally am because you're actually within arm's distance of me. Left jab. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And what what about this? Uh, The Meninga uh, Meninga children are here. Elijah, Eva and Zach as well.
0: First visit to Sydney, can you believe that? Is that right? Well, we
1: normally go north for the holidays. So
0: it is school holidays down in in Canberra. So they've come for the whole week. It's been great, you know. So we arrived yesterday and obviously swimming, beach, um, food, Yes. Um, what else? I don't, whatever they want to do, basically. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, how we enticed you in here was because we had burgers <laughs> and chips on from wall Burgers, So not just, and then the kids went, yes. Yes. We're yeah. all over that. No, so. Work to
0: worked treat. We're in early. Actually got here retired. time.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you might want to tell us, 0457 736 736. The young Meninga children are enjoying a first holiday in Sydney. I used to go to Naruma. That's yeah. where, I, like, I didn't come to Sydney for years. That's... No, I,
0: yeah, well, I was, I was similar. Obviously, I grew up in the um, in the regional area. So Bundaberg were, was my holiday spot. Right. So I used to go there. That wasn't even on the beach, but all the family used to congregate there. Then we went down to Begara Beach and all those sort of things. We come down to Sydney a couple of times because I had my auntie living down here. Okay. He, um, she married and um, lived at Homebush, right on uh, oh. George Street there, just across from Arnott's the Biscuit okay. Factory, so not far away from the markets and stuff. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed coming down.
1: Special edition. I don't care what he says. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 if you want to be a part of it today. Get us on the text line as well. Anything you want to ask, Mal. Lots to go through. So, obviously, Dally M's last night. PM's 13 as well. Breaking news around Billy Slater and what's happening with uh, him up there in Queensland 0457 736, 736. in fact why don't we start there Mal, your thoughts on i, th- I think we th- thought it was going to get done but yeah. now 3 year deal with the QRL
0: yeah well i was actually um I'm an anara myself i wasn't quite sure what billy would do you know really? he's, um well yeah he's a fairly committed man and uh, i know he loves his his horse horses and you know he's breeding with um up in, or down in, in melbourne with his wife um so wasn't quite sure but you know great news for queensland uh, and as I said, yeah. As I said, yeah. And he brings the tribe with him, you know. Yeah. Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston, Nate Miles, all that group, you know. Josh Hanna, who has been a yes, you know, a, you know, a great solid sounding board for him. Uh, yeah. So the troops staying together, which is great news.
1: Oh, I, it's interesting. I would love to have been a, a fly on the wall with the negotiations between Benny Eiken and and Billy Slater. He had such a strong negotiating position, Billy, because of all the other things that you mentioned he had going yeah. on and the job that he's done with this Queensland side. Yep. Um okay, I'm going to put you in the role of Ben Iken. How do you appeal to and you know Billy very well. How do you appeal to someone like Billy that you make it it's not just a financial thing but this is this is why you should coach Queensland.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a financial thing anyway regardless. You know, obviously yeah. you, you'll get paid well enough um but it's around it's around the history, it's around um, what makes up a Queensland. He's done a, just a terrific job. It's a young group yes. growing with him as well, and he's got some really exciting talent you know, coming behind the current group as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's all about that. It's all about, you know, Queensland. Billy loves Queensland, love mm. playing for Queensland, loves the Maroon jersey. Um, all, you know, sort of get to his you know his psyche a bit around, you know, his passion for it all. and yes. um, His heart more than his head, basically. Yeah. But, and, you know, he's uh, – yeah, I mean, I was surprised. But, um, yeah, he must have done a terrific job.
1: Uh, I, there was that part of me as a New South Welshman going, oh, God, why did he sign up again? Um, the other part of it was that here in New South Wales, we were supposed to have a decision yesterday from the New South Wales Rugby League about Brad Fittler and yep. what that looked like going forward. They've postponed that. I wonder if they wanted to wait. I don't know round round Billy Slater. but um, your thoughts on that? And there's speculation, strong speculation confirmed by Phil Gould as well that... Whatever Brad wants him to do, he is prepared to come back and help out New South Wales.
0: Yeah, I'll be um, really honest here, and I think Brad's the right man to do the job. Um, yeah. uh, he just needs good support around him. you know? So he needs people that actually coached before, and you know, obviously Phil's has um, been a great mentor for him. And yes. Having Ivan, everyone's sort of referring back to Ivan being in the, the box you know, um, on Game 3. Um, I just feel he needs to probably have – it's a bit like what Billy does. you know, He's got – um, Josh Hennay, yeah, who coaches regularly you know, in the competition. I just think he probably needs a right-arm man, a yep. right-hand man just beside him that actually does the job week in, week out. Uh, he lost um, obviously Craig Fitzgibbon because yes. of the Cronulla um, yes. situation. So just needs to find someone like that, I reckon, and then build build that culture around you know, New South Wales people, and that's what Queensland have done. That's what he's done with Andrew Johns and and, uh, you know, Brandy Alexander, yep. um, Danny Badiris, you know, they're all great New South Wales people, um, but they probably don't coach on a regular basis. I just yeah. think you need need to have someone like that. I had you know, Michael Hagen at the time. I had Neil yep. Henry at the time when I was coaching. So just someone that's, um, you know, there day in, day out, I think is really important.
1: Yeah. And we'll see how that is going to play out over the, well, I don't know, next month, I suppose. Uh, lots of text messages coming. Mal, did you ever go to Harvey Bay? Yeah, that's... I did.
0: Yeah, Dad was born there. Dad was born in Alba, yeah. So, um, yeah, we did. We got a lot of uh, relations there as well. So, yeah, we always went to, well, not often, but went to Harvey Bay. You know, um, every now and again, it was a great spot. Um, Visit our cousins. Uh, So, um, well, we had. I had a great upbringing, Jimmy. Like around that that Wide Bay area, right. Um, Eventually ended up at Murchat. All my family still lived there, but um, yeah, I mean, a lot of family in that that region, and uh, you know, we love the water. We love the salt water. We love, you know, diving down and, you know, getting oysters and things like that. We love that. That's that's how, that's my background.
1: It, yeah, right. Well, that explains. That's from Ben too, by the way, who finishes up by saying up the Broncos. So <laughs> good on you, Ben. We'll get to that a little bit later on this hour. But that brings us very neatly to the Dally M Awards. Now, just so happened, I don't know whether they did it deliberately, but I was sitting next to you. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And so when the main meals came out, you'll love this. You had the steak. I had the fish. Yes. And you looked at me and said... Do you want the fish? And I thought, that's me being asked to hand over the fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, oh, no, I was doing me- politely. Come on. <laughs> hey. But now I that you talk about fishing well, and all well, that sort of Yeah, well, of- I looked at it and I said,
0: oh, God, I'd I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it had a little crispy skin it on did. it as well. How was it? Yeah, beautiful. Oh, Thank got you. It. Yeah. yeah, it was beautiful. But, okay. you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a salty. I love the seafood and... Um, you know that's my like I said, my background you know from my great grandfather from Vanuatu, you know so yeah, that's right how they, that's how that's they, their subsistence, you know that's how they live yeah. you know, so yeah. off the ocean and off the land, you know yeah. with fruit and veg, yeah, uh, love
1: it, brilliant, all right, what did you make of last night? Carlin Ponga wins by one point
0: well, we were talking about it we, yeah. were we you
1: know at the table
0: and um and with you know we we said basically we said like these last eight out of nine games yeah. you'd be nearly polling maximum points. He just had a terrific end to the to the year. And the new polling system, you know, you there's there's a whole heap of votes and that it gets all added up. You can yes. get six votes, you could get five, four, three, two or one.
1: Yes. Um
0: yeah, I mean it was uh it wasn't a surprise. I mean you think that, you know, Sean Johnson was the absolute absolute favorite and everyone would probably, you know, agree with that. But yeah. um Carlin's back end of the year was terrific and he deserved the you know the accolade he got he's, you know the probably the best player in the game and you know the back end of the season
1: he's in the kangaroos train on squad isn't he he's there yeah he's yeah. there he's
0: around he shoulders good which is great yep um so yeah he's um yeah we picked that next week mate so
1: did you ever <laughs> did you ever chat to him last night pre the uh, after no, the awarder gets mad so no no
0: it's a it's a mad night as you know yeah. so it's very difficult to have those conversations it's it's pretty full on there's a lot of awards um you know prior or you know even prior to the coverage itself so um, yeah, more or less kept kept ourselves, didn't we? You know, yeah. so and then obviously get away as, as quick as quick as you can.
1: Yeah, okay. So what about so Kalen wins it, Sean Johnson probably a little unlucky. Do you have a concern around the system? Do you think there could be a better system? They've tweaked it this year, but there's a lot of people suggesting that like Nico Hines last year, if you're a good player that really stands out in one team as opposed to a team like the Broncos or Penrith. or the Panthers, where yeah. there's lots of players polling points there's a there's an advantage
0: oh there definitely is advantage and there's advantage for uh, a spine member who touches the ball a lot yeah um plays 80 minutes um as opposed to a like Payne has polled unbelievably well yes considering he's a forward you know so because he only plays you know 40 50 60 minutes so um and less recognizable so um you know it's, it's always been like that though you know yeah. ever, ever in a day um and generally, your spine members are going to you know, win the award because they're there more often, and they have a, probably a influence or more influence than any
1: other player on the footy field. Mm. Tamika Upton, I think, yeah. was a universal <laughs> yes from <laughs> well, everyone. I, I was
0: surprised everyone else got close. <laughs> yeah. To be honest yeah, with yeah. you, you know, I watched a bit of the, I watched a lot of the NRLW. and yeah. the, you know, she's outstanding. Yeah, outstanding athlete. Um, you can see she played a bit of touch when she was young. Younger, she's got great ball skills, and yep. she's great awareness, you know, good decision maker, and damn quick. Yeah, you know, so um, yeah, she
1: deserved the award. Uh, and then the other, I think she's Rockhampton. Did you yeah, say she's Rockhampton.
0: Rockhampton. Rockhampton? Another Rocky girl. Yeah. yeah so, um, Carla's Mackay. So, a couple of Queenslanders. Uh, so the, oh,
1: here we go. <laughs> the, so the so the other thing, the other thing about it was. Um, so, looking at the physiques of the girls, the girls bring a great glamour to the Dalliem. They've got incredible physiques, but Tamika is very slight. Yep, and she's still the elite player in the and, competition,
0: and, but fit and strong. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, I, I remember, you know, where we started all the NRLW and um, in a national program again, way back in sixteen. You, you just look at the girls now. You look at their skill set, our talent, how fit. Um, their body shapes have, yep. have changed. Their decision making's better. Their skill sets better. Yep. Better kicking game, um, more awareness on the footy field. It's you know they've they've gone on leaps and bounds in a short period of time, and um, that's why you know, it's followed so well, and that's why you know the game is getting right behind it and supporting it.
1: I remember three years ago, I spoke to Brad Donald, the uh Jillaroo's coach, and and it was during the COVID time when we talked about getting a game on. Look, why don't we play against the rugby girls and you know get some interest in... Uh, and he said oh nah. and I said oh why not and he said oh they they're advanced they're 10 years advanced on us physically yep i wonder what his thought would be on that now when we've had some well, we've, we've
0: actually talked about this and um and his belief now so they they have been advanced but we've caught up really quick yes um and to the to the fact now where rugby girls are coming to us and playing yep. so we're becoming the the dominant uh sport winner sport in um uh, in you know, obviously, the rugby codes, at least, you know, so yeah. AFLW that goes pretty good too, as well. So, yeah, but he's um, you look at the athletes, are we it's a, it's a different, I mean, the 15 uh, in, in uh, women's, I think, yeah. um, is probably struggling a little bit. Yep. Um, certainly yep. the, their sevens, uh, girls are excellent, and, yes, you know they're highly successful and very fit and agile and skillful. Um, but when you talk about the 13s game, I think it's a it's a probably a better game, it's a, it's more fitted to different body shapes and skill sets and yes. things like that. And I feel that um, our game, the, the rugby league game, more suits the women than the rugby game does.
1: I would love to know or look at at the end of 24 when the Olympics are done because I think there'd be a lot of girls in that system go uh, rugby sevens, Olympics, I want to go to the Olympics. And then when the Olympics are over or they don't make that Olympic side, they'll look very clearly yeah. at the NRLW. Well, clearly that's
0: the advantage of, of staying in rugby, of course. You yeah. know, you get the opportunity you know, playing in, in um, a competition, global competition, the sevens, but also the the Olympics as well, which is, you know, obviously regarded the, the biggest sporting event yeah. um, you can ever participate in. And that's the excitement. And, you know, one day, you know, one day I'm kind of hoping that rugby league gets yeah. yes, an opportunity, maybe in nines. I, I quite like the nines con- concept, you know, Brisbane's got 2032 yes. Olympics. So I'd love to see maybe an exhibition game in the nines occur, you know, over, over that per- period of time. So, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. If we can guess, if we can sort of start to get into that parallel uh, with rugby when you talk about you know the Olympics and things like that, well then I th- you'll see a, I think a, a big flow of uh, women come and play our game.
1: And, and that's exactly right from a US point of view. So the 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 great attraction for rugby in the US is if you're really good at it, you get to go to the Olympics.
0: Exactly right. Yeah, uh, so and then obviously you don't quite make, particularly in the men's, you don't quite make that. NFL level, or you yep. know, so yeah, they there's another another tier for them, another pathway for them, and like you say, you know, playing on a world stage in the Olympic is pretty pretty good attraction.
1: Andrew Webster, Daliam coach of the year thoughts. I thought he deserved it, you know, and, hot, you
0: know, closely followed by, by Kevin Walters, I right. feel, and, and Ivan, obviously, you know, Ivan's um, had tremendous success, but do you know, I always hold, hold a view that. You know, when you look about success, it's all around longevity. I think I've said that a a number of times. And he just keeps his teams at the top. You know, the first one and two, I think the last four years in a row, you know, his teams have um, finished on. So I guess they get a bit sick of Ivan (laughs) in a way. But but then Kevy's taken his team, you know, from out of the eight last year straight into a grand final achievement. And then obviously Andrew Webster, who's taken Warriors from the bottom of the ladder to, you know, one game off the the grand final. So, um, and it's great. It's, I think, you know, from a rugby league point of view and, you know, if you want to have a populist type of vote around all this, it's great to see rugby league in New Zealand mm. kicking on and starting to be the number one followed sport over there, particularly now um, at the moment. And there's, you know, a great up uplift of um, support. So, you know, hopefully the game and the Warriors get on the back of that and, um, you know, keep the the profile of the game going over there.
1: I was speaking to Cameron George after the event um, and and said, give me the three biggest reasons why that you've had this success this year. He said, number one, undoubtedly, going home. Yep. Just had a huge impact. And he said, then Andrew Webster coming. And then he said, three was the influx of those players like your Mitch Barnett's, your Dylan Walkers, um, uh, Jackson Ford. He said, they just compete all the time, everything's competing, mm. and he said that just went right through the group.
0: Yeah, and I think culturally, um, I think Tohu Harris has, um, has done a big job yeah. over there. I mean, he's a great leader, and um, all reports coming out there how he just gathers the, the fellows together and the families yeah. together, and they're really tight knit. Um, always doing you know special things, you know, with the whole group and uh, creating that that bond, that mateship that you really need to you know win competitions.
1: When Andrew Webster was doing his um, acceptance speech, which was a really good one too, yeah. it was fantastic, they cut to the Warriors' table and Tohu Harris had a smile <laughs> from ear to ear on yeah. his face, didn't he? I mean, yeah, enjoying he did. someone well, else's it, success.
0: The good thing about what Andrew said first was he, he paid all respects to his wife. Yes. And, you know, they're the they're the sort of the forgotten yeah. uh, people sometimes in, you know, players' success and the other way around with the women's sport as well. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the partners are are the forgotten, um, you know, duo and all that, you know. So um, it was great to see him pay respects yeah. to his wife up because, if without the sacrifices they make with kids, and they had a baby through the year yeah. as well. So, and then traveling around all over the place because he's been over in, in England and coached yep. over here. Obviously, he went to America, America, America yeah. to do things as well. And now he's in New Zealand, so he's much traveled. So, and his wife's been there all the way. So yeah, it's um, it's always good when you know when you, your captain and your coach get on really well. Yes. Um, and it was good to see uh, Tahu um, obviously acknowledge how great Andrew's been for him and the group uh, yes. this
1: year. Uh, the other one I thought was a nice moment on the night: Sunia Taruva was announced as the Rookie of the Year, presented by Petro yeah. you know, the great Fijian, yeah. uh, and then presenting to yeah, a, yeah. a young Fijian. It was yeah, fantastic. very,
0: very symbolic, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and he's had a terrific year. You can't, I don't think you can deny, uh, you know, um, him getting that that award. You know, young young Jareem, uh, um, yeah. you know, he's up to another Fijian fella. So it yeah. didn't really matter really if what uh, Petro was <laughs> <laughs> did it, it. It didn't really matter. What, no. No, so he, they won. So, And, uh, you know, Petro's heavily involved in the Fijian side and yeah. Taruva's part of all that too, which is great. And they play in the, um, in the Pacific Cup up in uh, PNG shortly as well. But he's got to get through the... Yeah, the grand final first.
1: He announced himself, didn't he, in that game that he played for Fiji middle of the year last year. The, yes, the
0: PNG side.
1: Against the PNG, he Absolutely. had a spectacular game.
0: Unbelievable. And then the times he – I think he only played about two or three games yeah. last year. Uh, it was outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. And as um, Ivan mentioned last night in his little chat, and he spoke, you know, terrifically well, um, he's handled everything. Yeah. He's, he's That's everything. right. Everything. They they bomb him. They put pressure under him. Uh, 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 Put pressure on him, I should say, and um he just comes up with it with the goods.
1: One three hundred oh one eleven seventy special edition, Mal Meninga in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. We get this. Kalen, please, player of the year for two good months. SJ robbed, hi Mal, I love you.
0: That's
1: from <laughs> Tane. Uh. Thanks, Tardo. I appreciate that. Oh, All right. Keep those text messages coming in. I'll tell you what. We'll get to a break and then we're back with more. You're listening to the Throwdown on a Thursday. Welcome back to the program. Throwdown with Mal Meninga on a Thursday. Big Mal is in the studio. Uh, Ed, so if you want to give us a call, 1-300-01-1170, just before we do that, what does Mal think rugby needs to do for the Wallabies? I didn't watch a game nor know a single player except those not selected. Does he think Swalehi is having second thoughts. Ask Roosterman on the back of a bit of breaking news here, Mal. Rugby Australia allegedly, according to the City Morning Herald, has tabled a $1.6 million deal for two years, so 800 a year, to Angus Crichton, who you yeah. had in the Rugby League World Cup.
0: Oh, good man, Angus. Um, you know, obviously background in rugby as well. So yes. his, his you know, schoolboy levels and things like that, very successful. Um, he would be great. he would be great in playing rugby. Um, you know me me from me being obviously a rugby league purist um you know i I feel a bit sorry for the for the union guys at the moment um, obviously they didn't have a lot of success over at the world cup um, they've got to get their grassroots ready you know they've got to yes. get their pathway programs and yep. where they play their club rugby and all those sort of things that's where that's where your next superstar's going to come from that's yes. and if you invest in rugby at those levels and you know you create this environment of of success and belonging, from a young person's point of view, you'll start to start to see the you know the, the green shoots start to come out, and and um, you've got passionate rugby union yes. players, and not keep on invested in rugby league players. That's that's my assessment of it all. I just think you need to. Rugby union is rugby union. They, they love that sport. And you've got to have passion for it. And rugby league is rugby league. Uh,
1: my brother-in-law used to go play out at the Penrith Emus 20 years ago. Yeah. And at the time, I think Lottie Takiri was given an $800,000 a year contract with rugby, or ARU, Rugby Australia. He said, you come in and spend eight hundred grand here, you'll get 10 yes. Lottie Takiri.
0: That, invest you invest yeah. in, in your communities, in your rugby communities. That's where your passion is and that's where that belonging is and that's where you'll get your, your next you know, wallaby.
1: Uh, now, there's a lot of people, Tony, talking about suggestions about Dallium voting system rather than the 3-2-1. But we were just talking about it in the in the break, Mal. You got an idea?
0: Well, I think um was mentioned here um, that yeah, the old system with the Rugby League week where you rate each player out of 10, you know, for their performance each each weekend. So that's I think that's a fairer system um, because you get a front row. We used the example front, before, front row who plays 40, or 50 minutes, he's got a different role that he plays in the footy team. And if he plays his role really well, he'll get an 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10. So I think that that enables then that consistency of performance and, and scoring over yep. over the whole entire year so that it's just not conditioned around, you know, that three two one 2 one or um, where you get to get the, the halfback or the fullback or the or the you know, the hooker or something like getting those points. So it
1: might be, you know... Uh, Twenty-four rounds, top twenty games. So your bottom four scores get taken out because there might be injuries, yeah. and and so you get the get the best, um, the top twenty scores. Yeah.
0: So you get you get valued each week based on your position and what your role is in that team. So, you know, if fullbacks have a, a you know, fantastic game. He might get a nine out of ten, but your front rower, like I say, you know, he's had a fantastic game, but only played forty minutes. He might get a nine out of ten. So it's just more equal, and um, you know, as far as and fair, I reckon around yeah. uh, around. You know, how you play
1: each week. Yeah. Um, Rugby League Week used to do it, as we said. Rugby League Week Player of the Year. Did you ever win That's one it? of those? Yes, I did. Oh, I was going <laughs> oh, to pull you up on that. <laughs> no, no. There we go. What <laughs> yeah, year? sorry. What year? Oh, uh, early 90s, I think, you know. Very early 90s. Was it?
0: 1990. 1990, was it? Yeah. 1990,
1: Good, year. Good year for the Raiders. So, there you go. So, you, so looking at Ray Price won it in 1986. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lock forward winning it. Uh, ben Elias, Gavin Miller, Mal Meninga, Ewan McGrady, Paul Langmack, yeah, there back you go. rower. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Lions, Daly, Langer, Fitler, Andrew Johns won five in a row. God. But Nathan Hymarsh won two of them, and Luke Bailey won one.
0: Well, there you go. See, so it's it's a bit more better spread of your positions. Uh, but you look at the the Daly M's, it's mainly like the spine again, isn't it? Yeah. I think the last one was Jason Tamalolo, but he equaled with Cooper Cronk.
1: Taumalolo won the 2016 and very last Rugby League Week Player of the Year.
0: There you go. So I just, think, yeah, well, that's just my thoughts on it all. Um, but, you know, um, the system at the moment, they've tried to tweak it and it's probably a bit fairer this year um, the way they did it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought the Rugby League Week way of doing things was quite, quite good because you get rated every every week your performance.
1: Have you say on that one three hundred oh one eleven seventy? if you've got a question for Mal, it might be about the big game coming up this Sunday uh, let us know, give us a call or of course the Pacific Championships which are coming up in a couple of weeks time, Mal to lead the Kangaroos there uh, Alright, let's get ourselves to the news, after that we're back with more. Welcome back to the program, the Throwdown with Mal Meninga Special Edition on this uh, Thursday, day after the Dally M's. four days Three days, four days for the NRL Grand Final. <laughs> lose count. Well, what so about today? What about this? Now you're enjoying your cup of coffee. It's I
0: finished it, so I probably need another one.
1: Right. Okay. So I went out there, and got you a coffee, and the kids yeah. are here. So yeah. like I was just saying, all right, how does Dad like his coffee? What you know? Oh, he wants a bit of milk in it, and he does it. No, he doesn't want that, yeah. and he does. I said, geez, high maintenance, isn't he, Dad? <laughs> and you know, no, that's that that's not what I like. You know what, Elijah said, I'm telling Dad that, and I <laughs> can <laughs>
0: See, they have got a very faithful group of young young people. Oh, he's yeah. rock solid.
1: He is absolutely rock solid. He uh, will too, us quietly. Yeah, well, so too you late. I've yourself in. Yeah, I've done myself oh, okay. in before Elijah dubbed nah, me. Uh, Jimmy and Mount love the throwdown. I'm fascinated by the role of the modern day lock influences in attack, especially Isaiah Yeo, Pat Carrigan, and Jake Trebojevic. The option presented provided by the defenders' decisions, are a factor. Can you elaborate on that, please? Uh, that's from Joe up there in the Blue Mountains. Good on you, Joe. Yeah, no, it's, um, the game evolves, which is great. Um, I think we went through a really
0: st- strong period of defence, you know, the Warren Ryan era era and things like that. So defence was the dominant uh, factor in a game. So, you know, coaches got to come up with different ways of playing against that defence. That's how the game evolves over over many, many years. So, yeah, the thirteens become a really important Central figure in midfield, you yeah. know, so with the football and um, it allows the halfbacks then to get off, uh, get a bit deeper and, you know, play without less pressure on them. Yeah, you because know, yep. um, everyone's trying to get at the halfbacks and it puts pressure on them. So I just think the the, the 13 takes a lot of pressure off of their playmakers. That um, also takes a lot of pressure off their kicking game as well. And then also uh, down the middle, that, you know, because if you've got a good one like Isaiah Yeo or Jake Delojevich yeah. or Cameron Murray or Pat Carrigan, they can actually take you forward too. Uh, as Isaiah Yale did last weekend in the prelim, I think, you know, it's probably one of his better running games as well. Like 17 runs for over 170-odd metres. So,
1: 210. 210. There you go. 210 metres, Isaiah Yeo yeah. ran. So he had,
0: he had an unbelievable game. So it just takes a lot of pressure off your, off your key guys, your playmakers. Yep. Uh, and it allows them to play at the back a bit, so that your defences can't get to it. And then all of a sudden, as you've seen with you know the way Penrith executes, they just get outside your your um your wingers, don't you? By your halfback just playing a bit more deeper, and then you swing swing around. Yeah. You, just, you create that extra man. So it's uh it's a great way of playing, and it's very hard to
1: defend. However, you have a big decision to come, uh, and you had to do it last year for the Rugby League World Cup final. Like which of the elite three? <laughs> you know, like Jake. Uh, not Jake, uh, Cam Murray, yeah. Isaiah Yo, yeah. and Pat Carrigan. And yeah. they all have their own little differences to their game as well.
0: That's right. So you play all three of them. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that would be right. Yeah, you, know? you do. You, you, you play them in, in a position you think they're going to be really, you know, they, they can actually make a difference in the footy team, you know. So Isaiah can play. You can play up front. and He did that in, in game three. He came off the bench. Uh, same with Cam. I use Cam and, and Pat Carrigan as the as the front row rotation in the, in the World Cup. Um, yep. They come on and you know how, how agile they are. Great footwork, find the ground really uh, well, play quick, play the ball, skillful. It does put a lot of pressure on your time defences. And, you know, Cam has played on, at edge before as well. So we've got Pat Carrigan played on edge, you know, through the year for the Broncos. So they can play a number of positions. So you play all three.
1: Hi, Mal. What was your sum up with the PNG game? That's from Lordy. Thirty points to eighteen. Gee, you had yeah. to work.
0: No, we had to work. They played really well. Yes, um, it's, it's tough conditions up there, but yeah. um, the players really enjoyed it. I mean, the footy, yes. Um, we, we made a lot of errors, and you know we had to defend really well. I thought in that game, I thought we defended real well. Yeah, to be honest with you, two, They scored two tries off kicks and. One from dummy half, basically. So I thought we did a really good job there and put a lot. Of, but we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Yeah. However, um, the game was secondary. Then, yes. Yeah. You know, we go up there for, for other reasons, altruistic reasons around. You know, obviously, you know, brighten up their day up there. Um, rugby league's such a big, big, um, you know, passion of theirs. Um, you, the players seen it right from the. The moment we jumped off the plane, the yeah. people at the airport, yeah. the coaching clinics, yeah, you know, the game itself. We did a few other promotions. They just lined the streets, chasing the buses, yeah, you know, wanting gear off the players. They just, they just adored up there the players. And and from a player's point of view, I think it's a bit grounding as well. Yes, it sort of helps them understand, obviously, P and G and you know the passion they have for our game, but also understands the economics of it all. You know, up yep. there as well. So and just put you in a place where, you know, you, you feel lucky, you feel privileged, and you feel a bit honoured to actually go up there and, and try to make a difference.
1: We had the vision on Sunday, uh, I saw, or maybe I saw it earlier, of, of walking out at the airport, and, and it was a shot as the players came out. I thought it was really interesting too, you know. Some players just overwhelmed yeah, by it, you, it's, you know, it's exactly. overwhelming. Yeah. Um, Daly Cherry Evans, who's not on social media, he was filming it with a big smile on his face, yeah. as if to say, I'm really soaking in this moment. And then Josh Addo walked out and just went, Whoo! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they went crazy. Yeah, well,
0: they, oh, everyone loves the fox. Yes, and everyone loves the hammer, basically. Right. So it was the hammer right. and the fox show. Okay. Yeah, up there. So, um, yeah, they are they're adored. Honestly, I, I use that word often, but they are. They're literally you put them in a you put in a um on a pedestal and you carry them around because um the people just love them. Yeah. It's it's un- unbelievable feeling for them, and and they handle it really well too. The players, you know, so they yeah. actually absorbed it. You know, gone into it, um, ex- enjoyed the experience, and um, you know, did a terrific
1: job. Who impressed you? who Who was the who was the one player? Whether just in the game, or attitude, or oh, way just, they carried themselves. I think
0: it, they all did. Jimmy, honestly, um, we set the scene. We you know we understand. You know, the enormity of the of going up there, and we talked about it before we left. Yep. And I thought everyone handled it extremely well. Um, there wasn't. Re- I didn't have any issues with anyone. Really, to be honest with you. And, and to a T, everyone's come come back and said, you know, what a great experience, and love to do it again someday. You know, yeah. so the the, the the other factor about it is obviously, you know, they want to be still playing, you know, because they, they 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 are part of teams that are, that have already either yes. bottom nine or dropped out through losing in their finals. You know, so they still love to be playing up here, but you know, they cop it on the chin and they go up there and they they do a terrific job for their country. Um, we all know the PM had a. You know, it was very instrumental in picking yes, the team as well, yes. so they understood that that, that dynamic. And yeah. the PM turned up to an event, their pop prime, prime minister up there, the PNG prime minister, oh, turned wow. up to an event and spoke yep. at that event as well. Um, it was all around raising money for community rugby league, so yeah, it's it's pretty important, do
1: yeah, absolutely. And they've also, and, and if we're being fed income, they've also got an eye on these kangaroos games coming up as well, too.
0: Yeah, it is, yeah, you know, and their PNG so it was quite good, yeah, so they were all um in trust you know, super or host plus super um, players. And we had, I think, one one young fellow, um, Zach um, Labert. Labert, yeah, played in the centre. So they'll have a fair side. They've got Alex Johnson to come back in, who's over case if he's fit and healthy. Yep. Um, we've got Lockie Lamb, got Edwin Abapi, which is a, he's a fantastic player. So they've got a few players, Justin Mollum, to come up, you know. So yeah. they'll have a fair side. and They're more than likely, you know, the favourites for that Pacific Cup.
1: Mm. This is from Leicester from Penrith. The A.R.U. Blue Millions are made from the World Cup played in Australia in 2003 on league players. That money would have been better spent on facilities and grassroots rugby. The thing about it is Leicester—they'll get a second chance at it. They've got no money now, but yeah. 2025 British and Irish Lions, 2027 Rugby World Cup.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. And they've got. I mean. Eddie's got, a, obviously, a view to the future. Um, wish you just told us that right from the beginning, really. Oh. To be honest you know, To be honest with you, um, you know, they've got a view for, the, view for the future and Eddie's been very honest in, in recent times. So, you know, I just think that that's the way you, you move forward. If you want to actually challenge for the next World Cup, well, then you got to start rebu- rebuilding now. So it's just unfortunate um, the messaging they got out. Um, you know, wasn't conducive to their success over there.
1: Yeah. If you're saying Eddie's being honest now, is that suggesting that he was dishonest earlier?
0: No, not really. No, <laughs> no what I'm saying, what I'm saying, come on, Jimmy. Well, so what I'm, what I'm saying is. I'm looking for a headline that now. That, no, that, what, what I'm saying is it obviously, you know, he took that the view that, you know, um, everyone was, thinks we are going to lose and all that sort of stuff, yeah. you know. So, you know, we're just going to go up there, we're going to show you. He'll show we're not losers you know yeah. um, that's 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 the sort of attitude and that's the banter that was going on yeah uh, in the back of his mind and I think in the back of uh, rugby australia's mind is that yes we're you know we'll try and do our best in this this yeah. World Cup but then you know the next World cup is what we're we're pitching for. That's where
1: our view is. Yeah. Watch out Portugal, huh? Monday morning. (laughs) We're coming to get you. Uh, All right, let's get ourselves to the break. It's a throwdown with Mal Meninga. Keep the text messages coming in. 0457 736 736. Welcome back to the throwdown with Mal Meninga. We'll talk about the game very shortly. Uh, Quickly, Roosterman asked, does Mal see an NRL team in PNG soon? Oh, I can't see it soon.
0: Um, They've got a really work hard on their grassroots, a bit like we talked about rugby, yeah. you know. So they've got – look at their development programs, um, rugby league in schools in particular. Um, they do a pretty good job with that. Um, and then obviously show pathways with their kids, you know. So they've got so many players playing, but it's really unstructured. They've got to get right. into some sort of structured development programs where you start to identify kids and, you know, they get op- get better, you know, better coaching, you know, improve their performances and you get this, you know, that funnel – type, you know, performance into into in a National Rugby League. But I see them I can see them participating you know, obviously in the NRL. I feel that, you know, my suggestion early in the piece would be, you know, to invest in a club initially, you know. So oh, you, know, yeah. so you yes. got this pipeline into into club club land here right. in, in Australia. That's the maybe the initial thing. If you got this development program going and you got you find, you know, players up there, men and women, that would suit, you know, coming into club systems. You start to put them into, push yeah, them into club yeah. systems, and then you'll get this fan out, I guess, from a national perspective, you know. So you look at all the great players, P&G players, they're all playing in the NRL, and they'll all come down here at an early age, Yes, um, go to school down here, yep, um, and get that education. You know, not you know, education from a school point of view, but also education from a rugby league point of view. So maybe you can start to get the clubs connected to P&G rugby
1: league. Same situation in New Zealand but you know not as, you know, as severe probably as that in PNG you know making sure that the, the younger players stay there yes, in New Zealand absolutely. and and yeah. do their development over there rather yeah. than come over here
0: yeah so you connected and it's it's like you can take Muhammad to the mountain too so yeah. you know you got you got say the cowboys are you know one of the clubs that will help you know inspire you know inspire kids mm. and you go send up you know I think they do anyway send up troops up there but it's got to be structured they got to get that that structure right before you can actually do that, you know, and then maybe there's a bit of a transition to the clubs and then into, obviously, an NRL club down the track.
1: How do you see it on Sunday? Who's going to win? What's going to happen?
0: Um, I see it so <laughs> evenly
1: matched. Yeah,
0: I just think that, you know, the forwards sort of counteract each other. I think the halves, the spine, the outside backs. Um, two unsung heroes mm-hmm. is Billy Walters. And uh, Mitch Kenny. Yes. So two unsung guys that are, that are playing in their footy team, I think, will have an enormous bearing on the on the outcome of the game. You know, they're the guys that touch the ball the most, make probably the most decisions. Um, in that case, I? Mean, I, I think it's going to be a field goal. I think it's going to go down to the wire, could not go into extra time, um, one point. And you know, I I just feel that it's sort of meant for Adam Reynolds, isn't it? You know, sort wow. of. Wow. I just feel that there's, there's there's something in the air, you know. Um, he's had such a great career, but all of a sudden he had to make a change, go to the Broncos, yep. and it wasn't wanted with the Rabbitohs, and then there's this fairy tale type, yeah, ending for him to his career. I just got that feeling that this this may happen this time around.
1: Yeah, that that I mean, you just get the sense that every ingredient is there for an outstanding game.
0: Absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely. So there's got to be there's got to be fate somewhere. you know, yes. luck. There's all those sort yes. of things are going to. Take it's it's told, but sometimes the story's already been written. Like Jonathan Thurst as an example. Yes, it's it's written. It's written there. So. Um, it's got a funny feeling it could happen to
1: Adam Reynolds. I tell you what, the Meninga kids, very well behaved.
0: Thank you very much. Very
1: well behaved.
0: Look at them; They're, they're sitting in the Sitting in here yeah. very
1: quietly. Well done. <laughs> D- listen, Elijah, yeah. don't give me up about your dad's coffee either yeah. too, by the way. We've got to get to a break and then we're back to wrap up the throwdown. Oh, is this? Oh, actually, we better decide that in the break. <laughs> no, we, yeah, we'll have a break. Exactly. We'll ah, the Meninga truth session in the <laughs> yeah, ad break. Is. <laughs> we love is. that.
0: Like at my wife's over here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I tell you what, I, I've got to say, the boy's very well behaved. I don't yeah. know where Eva is. She's out running the office, uh, I'd say. Absolutely. Uh, so she'll
0: be, yeah, talking, to, talking to someone's ears off, basically. You reckon? Oh, she loves it, All right. yeah. All right,
1: fantastic. Oh. Fa- hang on. She hey, we're nice. on air, pal. Listen, hey, <laughs> uh, Roger, what are you doing? <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble here. Oh, uh, Jim, is now going to be on through the off-season? Would be on every week. <laughs> very entertaining.
0: Oh, I love, I love coming on, Jimmy. You know that.
1: However... Yeah, well, we just but, had to. We just had to clear up. No, no, yeah. th- this is it.
0: Yeah, I know. That's
1: un- disappointing.
0: It's gone quick. I must confess, hasn't it? Yeah. So um, I really enjoyed it. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Um, reliving, reminiscing, yeah, having a bit of fun. You know, yeah. talking. Yeah, some topics, I guess. But Yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've really enjoyed the season. Thanks, mate.
1: We've. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it's been a great benefit for the listeners uh, to speak to you uh, and Immortal of the game and still coaching at the elite level too. Mate, we wish you all the very best for the Pacific Championships. It's going to be a much-anticipated series and and have a great uh, series for Australia, Mel. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, fans. There is Mel Meninga, the final throwdown for the year. We're going to get ourselves to the news. After the news, stick around. We've got, oh, it's a cavalcade of people coming through. Keep your calls coming in. John Rebo, the great John Rebo, will be our special guest. Adrian Prezenko as well. Uh, and Mahmoud Abdul fader the coach of the Sydney Kings. So it's all happening. Stick around.